and welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuyper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. So, Sherry, we're finally back in the office together. Who are you? I don't recognize you. <laughs> Just kidding. It has been it has been three episodes, but, you know, for listener time, that's only, you know, a few weeks. But for us, that's like a month and a half, almost two months. Yeah, it's been actually almost two months because yeah. I was away on TDY, so yeah. I was like gone, gone yeah. for a month. And then the week that you come back, I get sick. Yeah, that was yeah. real convenient, Joe, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, I've missed my time with Joe. Yeah, we haven't had our we haven't had our show time. And yeah, that's, that's I mean ben, Ben's great and all. Yeah, Ben's great. Ben's fantastic. But it, Ben's it not was, Joe. Yeah, yeah, it was different. <laughs> we was, love you, Ben. It was it was different, but it was nice. And I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad you're yes. back. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know if I can handle you being TDY for another month. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> oh, Joe, you would be fine. Yeah. But the truth is, I think the uh, Texas heat would have killed me in another month. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you're back. And we're back yeah. to um, Fort Meade Declassified here. So Yes, we are. And uh, we have a great show this time around, yeah. which is a great show for us to be back together as a team to yes. really sit down and interview these people. Uh, we're We're talking to... Uh, Larry Whitley and Mary Doyle. Yes, our command information chief and Mary, our media relations chief here yeah. at the four, who were coming back. They're leaving. They're leaving. Like us. leaving, leaving. Yeah. Like retired life, leaving. Like done, done. Done. Yeah. They're, they've had enough of us. Yeah. We probably pushed them over the edge. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But a great interview with two public affairs people who've had very different careers very, in yeah. public affairs. But the important thing to point out, over 20 years each of them have had yeah. tied to the Army and doing public affairs. Yeah. Uh, worked as, uh, well, I shouldn't say worked, but were soldiers first mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. always, and then became Army civilians after those careers. And a great opportunity to sit down and pick their brains and, and really find out what they did over those 20 years. Larry and Mary, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. All right. Well, we're going to dive in. Mary, we're going to start with you. Give us a rundown of your service in the Army and as an Army civilian. Uh, Well, I joined the Army in 1979 in the Army Reserve, and I was a supply clerk. And then uh, I worked in intelligence for a while and finally found my way to public affairs I deployed to Bosnia as a public affairs broadcaster and um, spent nine months there producing videos, radio stories, TV stories for AFN. And when I came back to Minnesota, where I'm from, I decided to start applying for full-time work with the Army, and I was lucky enough to get a job that moved me to Wiesbaden, Germany. Yeah. And uh, I worked there for... Uh, about a year and a half before going to Fifth Corps in Heidelberg. Just some great, great years yeah. working for the Army as a civilian. Lots of really cool TDYs and stuff. And then I came um, to Fort Meade, and I was here for a few years and then um, got an opportunity to go to Korea. So worked at AFN Korea uh, Yangsan for about a, about a year and a half, almost two years, and then came back here, and I've been here. Ever since. Ever since. <laughs> People keep saying, are you still there? <laughs> yes, yes, I'm still here. 
For a little while longer, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Larry, what about you? Well, me, I, you know, it's it's been a while. I uh, I got drafted in 1971. Wow. And uh, uh, the strange thing about it is, uh, you know, you're preparing during that time frame to, to go to Nam, and uh, they decided to send me to Demphos. Mm. And so I attended Demphos in Defense 19, Information School. Yeah, Defense yes. Information School, <laughs> where we trained all our journalists and broadcasters. Yep. And um, I served 25 years in the public affairs field wow. in wow. the Army. So all my experiences have been in public affairs, different units, different combat units, et cetera. And maybe we'll get a chance to talk about talk about that. But I wound up being the uh, Sergeant Major of Army Public Affairs. Nice. On my way out the door. Yeah. Um, did some things in the corporate world. And then... Uh, Got hired back as an Army civilian. Just couldn't stay away. Couldn't stay away. <laughs> of course, you know, it's, it's amazing because my, my corporate experience was all relative to, to interactions with the military. So I was never far away right. from the military. So that was, that was good. But, yes, Fort Meade is, is a home place and for me. Larry was recognized with the Galloway yes. Award. Mm. What year was that? That was only uh, that was like the year that you started working yeah, here. Twenty sixteen, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And the Galloway Award is uh like lifetime achievement. Joe, yeah, Joe Joe Galloway was a civilian uh journalist. Yes. Uh mm-hmm. he's he was in Vietnam covering covering the Vietnam War. He famously wrote We Were Soldiers, right? Right. Yeah. He he wrote We Were Soldiers, but uh he was famous for uh, rescuing soldiers on the battlefield. Right. And he's the only civilian who was awarded the Bronze Star for mm-hmm. combat service yeah. as a civilian wow. in Vietnam. So the way Joe uh, went about doing his, doing his work is a kind of role modeling, mentoring right. that, uh, that you look at as a public affairs professional. So. Right. I can tell you, it's 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 been um, so great to have Larry here with all his wisdom and his yes. public affairs acumen. It's you know I've always felt like when it's always when it felt like the waters were getting deep, you could yes. just say Larry, <laughs> I would be Larry to the rescue. Yes, and he always and I appreciate that too. Always had good advice. Yep. Uh, whenever I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. He just has, you know, you just have a way about letting us just talk it out and yep. and just giving us good guidance and advice and then usually making whatever we're working on better than the path we were going down exactly. anyway. Well, you know, the, you know the, the bigger, the larger thing for me was when I came here just to, to learn the people and their skills yeah. and then learn from them because... There's some things I had to learn about uh, information technology and 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 uh, the Wi-Fi and all right. that stuff mm-hmm. that I needed to to get closer to, and um, the people here taught me. Right. And so that was a, a great learning experience for me, even even at the latter stage of my career, still learning. And that's the big thing about about serving the military. You right. always want to be in a learn mode. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Well, and in communications, too, the way we communicate is changing. Yeah. 
so yes. quickly. I yes. mean, it has since I started communicating. So I know for everybody it has. Mm-hmm. We've seen, especially in the past 10 years, we've seen major advances in technology that change the way we communicate. I mean, I don't even think we had podcasts 10 years ago. No, no absolutely know? So not. Like now, now there's this whole, it's this whole thing that we get to adapt and, and <laughs> enjoy and, yeah. and everything. I was just going to say that there was never any evidence of that kind of gap in knowledge from you. You know, I mean, you're, you were in charge of the website and the all so, social media and all of that stuff. And no one right. ever, I, I mean, I would never have known that you didn't know uh, exactly what you were doing because you always had yeah. very wise, you know, counsel when it comes to especially social media, which, you know, a lot of people have ended their careers by making social media <laughs> yes. mistakes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when, when, you, when you got good people, you, you let them go. You know, you, you create an environment for them to, you know, to grow in and, and uh, they teach you things and, and they listen to you as well. Yeah. So um, it's, it's easy that way. It's a lot easier to serve the people we serve. Right. You know, those soldiers and civilians who, who count on us to, to give them information that allows them to make good decisions. Right. So, and that's what we're about. And I love in this office, too, with, with both of you, it's it's a team effort here at this office. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. I mean, I can't tell you, Mary, how many times I've knocked on your door and said, Mary, <laughs> I have a problem. Help, <laughs> you know. And it doesn't matter that you're the media relations chief and that you're the command information chief and that Joe's the new media manager. It just doesn't matter if somebody says help and somebody else can do it. I think that's also, too, why we see so much success here in this office because we're not afraid to talk to each other. We don't stick to our little silos. Yeah. And I think that's also right. why we've achieved the success we have in the pandemic and the technology mm-hmm. and everything, yeah. too, because mm-hmm. we just worked with each other to do it instead of saying, not my lane. Right. Here, we're yeah. in each other's lanes all the time. All we're the cutting time. each other off. We're <laughs> yeah. swerving and bumping into them. Yeah. Gets crazy. I was going to say, so what would you say has been your weirdest experience here, Mary? My weirdest experience. Um <laughs> There's always some little kind of bizarre mm-hmm. incidences that go that go on, but I think probably the most memorable, the most marked incident is the Bradley or the Chelsea Manning mm, trial. Yeah. I mean, that mm. went on for, I don't know, months and months. We had the very first day, we had over 200 media members here from organizations from all over the world. And then it just kind of went on and on and on. <laughs> and then, uh, and there were protesters. Yeah. We yeah. had just all kinds of attention, you know, focused on Fort Meade because of that trial. And the last day when they, when they sentenced her, again, we had upwards of 200 media members here. And it was just crazy. And for a public affairs standpoint, it was such a huge learning experience. And um, I met so many people in the media, mm-hmm. and it was just, yeah, it, it wasn't a bizarre 
thing, but it was crazy. it was just very yeah. marked. Yeah. Yeah, it, was <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. It was, you know. But one thing about this office, you never know what's going to happen when yeah. the phone rings. You absolutely <laughs> never know right. what's going to happen next. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think that's just the nature of public affairs. You just don't know what kind of question you're going to get. Right. What kind of scenario is going to go down? And ultimately, it's our job to tell the story. Yeah. Right. So it's just. And I think people from the outside of public affairs, they never really, they can never really understand that, you know? Mm -hmm. And we, we sit here and we have these stories for 20 years of our careers, 30 years of our careers, and they'll, they'll just not get it. Yeah, yeah and, and that's one of, the, one of the big things about, about public affairs is that you, you, you never know what's going to happen on a daily basis. Yep. <laughs> so it teaches you to be flexible mm -hmm. relative mm -hmm. to how your day is going to yeah. go. Yeah. And uh, and as long as as long as you don't get too too didactic about what you're gonna do, how you're gonna do it, mm -hmm. you know, you can have success. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you can serve the people in the right way. So. Four o'clock on a Friday when my phone rings, it's like it's <laughs> I just good. like it's never good. Never when good. that happens to me, I'm like, did I already log out or do I want to yeah. answer this? <laughs> oh. Because it's never it's good. It's usually something interesting. And also so. when the boss is on vacation. Right. Which right. means we should be Always. ready for anything this right. week, guys. Yes. Anything yes. and everything. Because mm -hmm. the phone will ring yeah. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Larry, hopefully you can make the tw next 24 hours without that phone <laughs> ringing. Yeah, I'm going into hiding here. <laughs> right after this. Well, Larry, what's your most marked, bizarre, strangest experience here at the fort? Or since you've done tw public affairs for the army, I would love to hear ever. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I, uh, I really haven't had any, any weird experiences here at uh, Fort Meade. Probably because they all happened early in my career. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. you know. But 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 just 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 watching how this installation has matured over the years. Mm. Because my, my first involvement with Fort Meade was in 78, mm. you know, and I was in the Pentagon, and we used to come up here, and, and you know, the, the public affairs office was in the old World War II barracks, <laughs> and, and uh, it, was a, it was a huge, huge staff then, about 15 people. Wow. 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 Dare to dream. Now Dare we, to dream. Now, now what we got, we got seven. Yep, right. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but, but you know, it, it's 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 encouraging to know that when weird things happen, you have people in positions that can steady the ship. Mm -hmm. And if the ship, if you can steady the ship, then leadership can make good decisions. So. Yeah, I don't know if the listeners out there know this, but I've worked for Larry for almost two years. And he has probably been the most mellowest person I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life, which is greatly comforting when I'm extremely stressed out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because when things happen and I'm stressed out and I call Larry, I'm like, Larry, I don't know what's going on. And Larry's just like, just relax. It's going to be okay. you know. And just to have that, that firm, like, like solid ground to stand on has been great for the last few years. So if that hasn't come across in what Larry says, you should know. Larry is a very mellow guy. He's very nice. He's like the, what's the name of that pilot that landed the plane on Sally the... Sully Sullivan. Yeah. He's like, 
the Sally Sullivan of like, no public big, affairs. No big deal, man. We'll just hey, figure just it out. fasten nice your seatbelt. I want you guys to know it didn't start out that way. I yeah. bet. Okay. I bet. I'm sure it didn't. A lot of learning for the, for, for the young man. You know. Sure. Oh, I believe it. So I guess the the question would be, what is your most rewarding experience here at Fort Meade? Probably when we started doing the the games at the Red, White, and Blue. Mm. That was that was awesome. I mean, we got we we had to coordinate with so many different organizations to make it to make it happen to make it an, an experience for for the for all our community. Yeah. Who and yes. and we have huge crowds. Yeah. And people are doing all kinds of things. That was the the know. aptitude challenge. Yeah. Really. Yeah. That was yeah. fun. There's that was great. No breaks at our booth that right. night. No. Like yeah. it was just switching spots, but no mm. no breaks. Yeah, that was a lot I of mean, fun. Yeah. That was only about a month after I started working here too. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that was my first experience with uh first off like with using our social media to push all of this stuff. That was that was a lot of fun. I really wish we could have done that again this year. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I look forward to when we can go back to doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> Mary, what about you? Well, easily the book. Yeah, the mm-hmm. of course. One hundred years of Fort George, Jimmy. Yeah. Barb Taylor, who worked at the museum, walked into my office and said, "Mary." We need a book. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) So so it was born. So it was born. And we started working on this thing. And I got to the point where we had sent out emails to a bunch of different people and asked them, subject matter experts, to write essays. Mm -hmm. But I still knew that I was in way over my head. There was no way I could do this thing on my own. And Sherry walked into my office, and she starts talking about the project. And I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) I have help. Yes, because Mary then comes into my office one day. And I think this was within two weeks of me starting my job here. Yep. She says, how do you feel about editing? I was like, I love it. Why? (laughs) And that was it. I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) I I had no choice after that. So, But it was that was a very cool experience. And then Ben Rogers, who's now part of our public affairs team yeah. who was part of VI before he also worked on it as well. Right. He was one of the other big big teammates we big had. Big teammates and and you know we we had all this material that we knew was really cool and then Ben took it and made it visually amazing. And yes. and I, I it was just such an exciting. It went it you know it took us months. You yes. know, it took a very long time. But to finally see that, you know, that book, that hardcover, 300 and some page yes. book yeah. filled with really cool information yeah. and images and everything. It was just, it was awesome. Yes. You know, Fort Meade has such a, such a great history. Such a, such uh, a cool history. Such yep. a cool history. And, and, you know, being able to read some of that, some of that, uh, some of the script that's, that's in there, some of the text and some of the stories. And and it just so happened that Mary asked my wife yes. to write to write something for the book. Now right. she she's retired from the army as well, and but, a public uh, affairs officer. And she yeah. was a public affairs, but but she had two two stints here at Fort Meade in mm-hmm. the public affairs office. Mm-hmm. So Fort Meade was in her blood. You know, her her daughter graduated from Meade High School. Yes. So yeah. So Love this it. was all very, very close to our yeah. family. When I got the job in 2016, I was like, 
Okay, going home, <laughs> going home. That is one thing about yeah. this installation. I mean, people have really strong, long ties. Yes. You know, yes. they just once it's, like, it, it's a lot. A lot of people who have worked here and leave come back. Yeah, yes. and um, gets in your blood. Yeah, it really does. It does. And I know, like for General Jones, our last MDW commander, it was in his blood. He, mm-hmm. he had crazy connections here too. So yeah, he did. You know, I think once you've been to Fort Meade, you're you're always part of you's always here anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> now I, I, I'm sure we've all had mentors and people who've inspired us throughout our careers. Is there any person that influenced your career path that like really impacted you along the way? Well, for me, it was Rudy Williams. He's not a well-known person outside of Army Public Affairs, but Rudy was the uh, first public affairs guy. I was in the I was assigned to 11 Calf, and we had patrol mission along the east-west German border border. So that, that was a little while ago, <laughs> and uh, it just so happened that we were on a field training exercise. It was called Reforger back then. And so we were, the 11 calf was down in a scenario fighting against the 82nd Airborne. And 7th Army was down there. 7th Army was our USARA headquarters, U.S. Army Europe. And Rudy was a Sergeant First Class. And he was public affairs. He was more of a photographer than he was a public affairs guy. And I was out there taking pictures with my with my little 35 millimeter camera, and uh, and writing stories, because I had a newspaper, the Black Horse newspaper. Mm. But uh, I saw I saw Rudy out there doing some strange things with his with his hand and the camera. I was like, uh, What are you doing? <laughs> He's like, Oh, I'm getting light readings, light reading. He said, Yeah, you get you get more accurate light readings. When you when you point the uh, point the light meter at the palm of your hand, than you do with just looking out in the landscape. Huh. I said, "Oh, <laughs> Rudy okay. Williams still teaching us stuff so, today because I've never heard that." And, and, awesome. and he was the Secretary of the Army. Clifford Alexander would come over to to view the uh, view the exercise. So so Rudy was following him around and doing stuff. I'm like, yeah. Mm. So over the years, I've maintained contact with Rudy. He wound up being a sergeant major in public affairs. And he worked at uh, DOD, uh, writing for uh, Armed Forces Information Service. Lost Rudy early to, to some, dis- some disease, but, but his influence on me mm. uh, and how he went about doing his job yeah. and, and viewing how the significance of his job even even without recognizing his own significance right. mm-hmm. was uh, was one of the things that that really helped me mm-hmm. in my career so Rudy Williams very cool well I, I mean I I'm writing down several names because there's just so many people that yeah. I started sure. my public yeah. affairs career as a broadcaster and okay. um, so by far Robert Buckwald, like taught me so much about mm. just editing and using sound, and um, he was just a, an amazing mm-hmm. broadcaster. 
broadcaster. And then um, Larry, uh, you know, I, I have to say I learned a lot about keeping calm and carrying on <laughs> <laughs> from Larry. And then his predecessor, Philip Jones, yeah. Um, yeah. he was always laughing and making, you know, making me <laughs> feel comfortable about crazy things that were going on. And right. I, I just really appreciated how he always made me laugh. And then writing Rona Hirsch. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Rona yes. was the editor of the Sound Off newspaper for... Yeah. She was amazing. She was amazing. And she just, she always had these very common sense ways of of working through a writing mm-hmm. problem. And um, so I, I learned a lot from her. And then in public affairs in uniform, I had this lieutenant when I was deployed to Bosnia, Lieutenant Michael Stella. Mm-hmm. And he was just, at the time, we were having press conferences with world leaders. We were, you know, we had VIPs like the Secretary of State. And there were just all these huge things going on for this little public affairs team from Minneapolis, Minnesota, you know, in our little mobile public affairs, you know, Mm -hmm. detachment. And he was just, you know, it all just kind of rolled off his back like it was nothing. And I was a, I was an E7 at the time. So I needed to learn, I needed to know how to lead troops and keep them safe during that time and still do the job. So I learned a lot from him. Those are amazing people to learn from. Yeah. And I'm fortunate to know a couple of them that you're talking about as well. So, and I mean, you're, and you're absolutely right. I think the one theme though, that, that I'm hearing here, and I think that I've learned because I worked in TV news and everybody there is stressed. Yep. (laughs) And I never fit in because I wasn't as stressed, but I was still stressed and it got to you. And I think here you realize that on any given day, like this phone can ring in five minutes and we stop recording and go deal with something. Right. We never know what it is. But at the same time, one of one of my mentors always had this saying, there's no such thing as a TV emergency. Hmm. And what he really meant by that was, it's TV. It's getting a message out. You are not going to die doing that. Right. Yeah. And that was in news. And I understand if I'm talking to a deployed PAO, that might resonate a little differently. Mm. But his point being that, get the message out. That's mm-hmm. all you got to do. You don't have to stress. You don't have to worry. And at the place that I was working, nobody was shooting at me. Nobody was going to hurt me. So why am I so stressed? And that carried with me. And then here, I feel like it's just been exemplified mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. nobody here is really high stress. Yeah. And even when we get those weird phone calls at four o'clock, hey, there was a lightning strike on the parade field setting up for, right. mm-hmm. for <laughs> what was it? National, <laughs> night, National out. night out. You know, mm-hmm. we're like, okay, we got this. And I, I really love that message. And I think that is something very unique to yeah. PAOs because I noticed that they're the funnest, least stressed group out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mary Mary disagrees with me. Okay. Not, all Not all. Well, like, like I said, I the only PAO office I've worked for is this one, so yeah. you know, this is, I think and this is a unicorn. A good one. Yes. <laughs> yes. So good so maybe I'm just for. I've just started with the best. There you go. Well, in your experience, how how is the Fort Meade Public Affairs Office unique compared to the overall landscape? of PAOs in the Army? Because I do think we're special. Yeah. Part of it is because of the installation. I mean, we don't have a lot of uh, maneuver units. You know, we don't have, you know, uh, huge, huge formations of troops that are out in the field, 
you know, exercising. Yeah. We have um, like a, a campus-like atmosphere. Right. The people who work here are highly skilled. They have, most of them are civilians. Not that that, you know, makes it better. I mean, it just, just different. It, it's very different. And then all the branches of service are here. Um, we even have space for, yes. you know, so now we say Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, and guardians, uh, and coast guards. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's it's just unique in that way, and it's a whole different kind of public affairs because right. we're not, you know, telling people to wear their their safety belt when they're, you know, <laughs> when they're out doing PT. We, you know, we're telling them, you know, it's just different kinds of messaging. Right. Yeah, that 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 really. Uh... That really resonated with me, you know, the many different sects that were mm-hmm. uh, here on, on on the installation and how the installation, how the garrison staff uh, evolves to support all those tenant units. Well, we have 119 tenant units here yeah. who are doing all kinds of Jobs we can't talk a lot about, right. but they are on the job, twenty four seven. Absolutely, you know, and and their families are here supporting them, and we have to make sure that the services that those families need are communicated in a way that allows the spouses and the children, you know, to to get what they need, right? To have a a good quality of life here at, at Fort Meade. So, it's all about serving the people serve us yeah so are there uh are there any major projects you were involved with over the years that you'd like to talk about i guess uh (laughs) the big one was uh was the um the redo of the of the uh, website Mm, yes which is which is ongoing ongoing yes it is (laughs) but but it's been it's been about a a three-year project Mm -hmm. and uh we've had a lot of machinations with it yeah but it's it's is getting to the point where we understand what's the 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 kind of information we need to be talking about yeah. uh, for the various groups that are here, yeah. various tenants that are here. So I would say that the website and and the associated social media, yeah. mm-hmm. and making sure that that social media is not way out there, mm-hmm. but it's it's still consistent with what people need mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. And has the, the elements of truth in it that need to uh, pervade all our communications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say the app. You know, I yeah. I miss the Fort Meade app. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I you know I understand that why MCOM developed their own app with AFES and because you came up with such a great idea yeah. and they were like, well, we're stealing this. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I, so now AFES has. Digital Garrison, which yes. is a great app. Yes. Uh, you can get it at any installation where you are. You can yeah. just, you know, put in whatever installation y- you are, and it'll help you for that location. But, yeah, it was fun to um, go shopping for and to develop the Fort Meade app and um, kind of be at the forefront of <laughs> having an app that, you know, right. di- was directly uh, serving one installation. It was just, that was really cool. People really love the pothole reporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> and, yeah. and potholes are still an it's issue. It's still an issue. <laughs> yeah. And and 
And those those are, are fantastic projects to be involved with. At this, I mean, I I would imagine the start of your public affairs careers. Did, did you ever think you'd be creating apps? Did you ever think you'd be running social media? I mean, yeah. social media hasn't been around that long. I mean, it really hasn't in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. And you bring up a great point, Larry, about the messaging, because it's so easy with social media and with the website because it's so infinite in its possibilities yes. to remember to focus the message right? and while we're here. Because I've, I feel like we've been in meetings where we're like, let's do this, this, and this. And Larry's like, guys, <laughs> come back, come back <laughs> and, and get, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, that's fascinating. Did you ever, ever think you'd be doing this? Well, that, but, but that's really consistent with what, what you mentioned earlier about what you were taught about broadcast. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get stressed about this right. stuff. Let's get the right message out there and use all the platforms we have mm-hmm. to make it happen. Right. Mm-hmm. You may have to say it a little differently for each of the platforms, but the message still needs to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, in early when I first started in public affairs, the idea was to just tell a story. You know, right. we, we, we want to let the taxpayers know what they're paying for. Right. So mm-hmm. we go out and we find all these kind of feature stories about what service members are doing here and there and everywhere. And now here at Fort Meade especially, we're targeting those stories at like, you know, the housing forums and right. and things that the installation is yeah. doing to improve the housing situation on mm-hmm. the installation or the what what we're doing in terms of immunizations and right. how we're working with Kimbrough to make sure everybody is COVID safe and, right. you know, all those kinds of things. And, and it's all, you know, the mechanism that we use to, to share the information right. that our public right. needs to have in order to kind of work and function here on the installation. Right. So, And I, th- I think those messages are different here because, like you mm-hmm. said earlier, Mary, we're mostly DOD civilians here. Yeah. So a lot of times at night, the people are going home to <clears throat> Annapolis, to Severna Park. They're all over. Right. So there's a huge impact on getting that message out just beyond the gate. Whereas maybe if you're at, you know, Fort Riley, Kansas, where it's mostly the other way around, your right. message mm-hmm. is going to look different because everybody is lives right there, there and lives mm-hmm. there. And here we have people who drive in from... Virginia, Pennsylvania to work here. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just really interesting to see how, how that has changed over the years and using those new uh, technologies to, yeah. to get information out there. And so, you know, and you mentioned that because, you know, we, we, we think here in terms of early on in public affairs, we thought about, you know, command information. We need to talk to the troops right. and, and tell them what's going on. And, and then it expanded to soldiers' families, and then expand it to, to, to their extended family. And, and now, you know, as we look at public affairs and the audiences that we have, it's so critical to, to be uh, engaged with our local and regional communities right. who provide us with the infrastructure we need to, you know, to get on and off post right. And, right. And, and all those other things. So the community relations aspect of public affairs mm-hmm. is so interwoven with the internal communications as well as right. the media relations uh, reach that we mm-hmm. we need to have all three of those right. working. And all that is part of putting all that, putting a plan together that that synchronizes all those things. Right. So it's uh, it's 
this is a good place to put all those things yeah. in work. Yeah. I have to say that I, I don't know any other office that does community relations yeah. the way this office yeah. does. And and it's uh I think that the way Chad Jones has mm-hmm. harnessed the the yeah. community relations yeah. position has really been beneficial, not just for this office in terms of getting the work done, but for the community as a right. whole. I mean, the the a lot of the decisions Congress makes and the elected officials make are as a result of work that he does and that the garrison commander does yep. to make the army aware of what we need. Yep. Right. Absolutely. So if we if they don't know what we need and why we need it, then we're, you know we're not going to get the stuff that we need. And, so. and Chad knows he can't be everywhere all the time. That's why I put Sherry in there. Exactly. You know, <laughs> well, and, I, and Sherry. Apparently, I've given off the impression I can be everywhere all the time. Yeah, I guess so. But, <laughs> but hey, man, I mean, we've we've got we've got good people here on the staff. Right. You know, and don't need a lot of direction. Just uh, here's here's the mission. Right. And supported the garrison mission. So let's make it happen. Yeah, maybe I'll be one of those 20-year retirees from here because I don't think I'm going to find another office as good as this one. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> what I'm hearing is we just need to stay, Joe. Yeah. Just, like just stay. Just hunker down. We're in for the long haul. We're not going anywhere. Well, I, I think the good thing is, is that if, if, it's, if there's anything about the office or about the job that you don't like, fix it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you yeah. know, it's your... You have the ability to uh, make the kinds of changes that will make you want to stay yes. for 20 years. Yes. And, and that holds true for okay. all our directorates. Right. If, you're not, mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable with what's going on in your directorate, okay, come up with some, some courses of action yeah. that can be considered to, you know, to, move, to move things forward. So, and it's possible <laughs> because the leadership here is open. Yeah. And uh, you just you just need to be really good at what you do. Right. In order for people to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Well, Joe, I don't know if you if this was before your time or not, but we have these things called commanders calls every few months and honoring different all sorts of people in the garrison for the work they do. And I remember I went and there was one that we honored for 50 years that mm. she worked here at the garrison. Yeah. She wow. started here, and I can't remember her name, but she started here at age 18 wow. doing something. And then she just ended up staying here for 50 wow. years. I think it was a woman from the legal claims office. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. it may be. Uh, so, so definitely speaks a lot. It speaks volumes for Fort Meade, especially when you go to these retirement ceremonies and people are staying here for many, many years. Yeah. And, and they don't have to. And, that, you know, the, the, we're, I'm talking Army civilians uh, who we're not under the same obligation as a service member. So, so we can come or go as we please. So it speaks volumes for, for the garrison. So going forward, what we talked about some different projects and stuff that you guys have been involved with. What would your dream project be for Fort Meade PAO to take on in the future? Keep in mind, neither one of you will probably have to do the legwork for Good. it. So, so hmm. what is it? What would you? What's like? What do you wish we could do here? What I what I, what I really would like is for to have a state of the art building that allows us to go live on in an instant Ooh. across the internet. Uh, into the broadcast, into the broadcast uh, company. DMA, we're coming for you. you know, we'll take and, over your building. And, and 
and to be able to to uh, to have like that that channel on on the local cable oh, providers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That says a special note for you Fort Me connected folks coming right now. Yeah. You know, and and if if it's just a scroller, micro I mean, just, targeting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just be able to do that and and have uh, the mobility to. To telework, to to have regular regular lives, yeah, you know, as much as possible. But also to be able to flex our time, so that when there are things that are going on that has started six p.m. right, and they go to ten p.m. right, you know, you have a flexibility to do that, and the system allows for that to happen routinely. So yeah. that's that would be. That would align much more with our mission. Yeah. yeah. And help but, us align our mission but, better. But, but I think it would align even, even with, you know, people who are working over at ACS yep. and, and DFMWR mm-hmm. at, at, at Family Morale Welfare and Recreation. Yep. Uh, because they, they, they provide so many services that are outside of normal working hours. Right. So that they can serve the public. Yeah. In the right way. So, right. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. All right. <laughs> so state of the art, <clears throat> flex schedules. Yeah. All right. I, I would just like to have a newspaper again. Yeah. I mean, I I I get that newspapers don't, um, you know, people don't handle, you know, a, a, a print newspaper. But I really would love for us to have an online newspaper yes. that you know is updated regularly something that we can post to right. immediately something that people would want to submit articles and commentary for right. and you know just basic mm-hmm. public affairs kind of yeah. communication you know mm-hmm. i think that there are there are newspapers that are that are uh, flourishing online and i feel like we could we could do that if we had the if we had a little bit of money, well, we had a, the you know the right contract and right. Yeah, yeah, and and the other thing is uh, the Department of Defense would have to change the uh, the regulations so that one of the reasons why um, we don't have a lot of prospective publishers of newspapers is because of the advertising base. Mm-hmm. Because we don't we don't we don't pay for civilian enterprise newspapers under the under the army regulation but what we haven't done as a as an as a operating arm of the army is change our basic the, the basic way we go about getting our newspapers done and one of the ways that commercial publishers make money mm-hmm. and they're they're in business right uh, is by selling advertising yep. well you can't put advertising on our on our internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do we go about right. making this viable right. for a publisher to, to do an online newspaper? Right. And so there's and and, and I I got some ideas about that. But <laughs> sounds like another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to we have to talk about it. But the the Department of Defense needs to look at how it's going about the business of, of morphing into a digital world with right. uh with a product that's readily identifiable to an installation. Sound off. Yep. Uh, so, Mary, uh, how has Fort Meade evolved since your time here as a videographer? Um, well, in terms of roads and buildings mm-hmm. and things like that, it's just completely different. You know, the, the 
we used to have a 36 hole or 32 hole golf course. <laughs> and Couldn't get through a whole podcast that without is, that coming up. <laughs> <laughs> that is gone. So, um, you know, it just, it, in, ter- in terms of landscape, and when I first got here, we didn't have all the Corvius housing either. Mm. You know, they, they had just started building some of the Corvius housing. So, um, there, you know, there's a lot of ways in, in dr- just driving around the installation mm-hmm. that is just, you know, very, very different and for a good, you know, in a good way. The yeah. new gates are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, pretty soon they'll have wider roads and in terms of infrastructure, it's so much mm-hmm. better. The new PX. Oh, my God. You wouldn't oh, have yeah. that old PX was just. <laughs> wasn't that that building down on rock that I think's being held up by two by fours or something now? <laughs> old well, brick that building. Was the, that was the uh, original, original. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this, this, this PX was basically. It was it, right next to the post office. Right next to the post office, right yeah. Next to the post office. It was just really it was bad. A little, little, little dinky, little. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> So, so much better now. Larry, you were the head of the newspaper, which had to go through a lot of change and command information. How, take us through how the newspaper had to adapt over the years, you know, from the advent of digital media and social media and things like that. And, and I believe you <coughs> were in charge of the Army newspaper at, at Big Army level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I did. I, I, was, I, I did have the Army newspaper program at uh, the Department of the Army. And I learned a lot of, a lot of things there. But, you know, you, you go back to the principle of, of adapt and overcome, mm-hmm. and, which is something you learn early on in your military <laughs> career. And it, it holds true throughout one's career, how you, you look at the landscape mm-hmm. and you look at the possibilities and the people and the resources you have and adapt to that in a way that allows your organ mm-hmm. to be uh, effective. So sound off changed over the years mm-hmm. to be readily identifiable mm-hmm. as Fort Meade. Right. I mean, you saw sound off, you, you saw Fort Meade. Mm-hmm. What, what transpired was sound off, we, we then put sound off on our, on our website. You know, in the past, you couldn't do that. Right. So we put it on our website. And now that we don't have a contract for the newspaper, we don't have that digital sound off. Right. So what Mary was talking about earlier about going to the newspaper, it's it's real. I mean, people at installations want to be able to say, here's my installation right here. Right. And it's called sound off or it's called a pentagram. It's called a paraglide, or you know, all the newspapers that we have. I mean, I, I remember when I had the newspaper program, we had 400 newspapers wow. worldwide. And I used to read and edit and, and critique and all that good stuff. And, but I learned a lot through that and how people were adapting. Wow. Adapting to their environment to overcome constraints mm-hmm. and, uh, and being able to to meet the needs of their audience. So, yeah. yeah, it's... 400 newspapers? That's what we had now. Wow. So were you, like, you oversaw them all? Were you, like, an editor for all of them? Like, what did you do overseeing 400 newspapers? So so the requirement was for everyone to send us a copy of the newspaper, of wow. their newspapers, every edition. And 
a lot I of newspapers to read. I had to. I I did have an associate. His name was Bill Pickett. <laughs> hey, Pickett man. And uh, <laughs> we we did a lot of screening and uh, critiquing writing wow. and and layout and design aspects. And then we went on world tours. <laughs> conferences <laughs> and people would come to all these public affairs folks would come to our to our uh, um, to our conferences and we would teach you know how to effectively use color right. in your newspaper how to lay out and design it why why grids and forces of forces wow. of structure all that just all kinds of stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. no that's uh, that's a, a Bill huge responsibility and, yeah and Dan Coberly, shout out Dan, and uh, <laughs> you know just 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 a lot of great people. Yeah. And what what was really encouraging was the leadership that was there. They allowed us to to put together a program mm-hmm. that met the needs of the people doing the work in the field. Yeah. And that was very important. That sounds awesome. I so wish they did world tour <laughs> conferences. I guess that's Dinfos now for us, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that's that sounds exciting. Yeah. So the both of you have been tied to the Army for over 30 years. You have both been tied to the Army for over 20 years. How has the Army evolved? Is it is it better than when you first joined? It's got to be better. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be better. No, I, I've, uh, yeah, like 1971, drafted 1971, and no cell phones. I think beepers were just coming into play. Right. Uh, Maybe it was a better time. <laughs> yeah, but um, but but I've I've seen how the military, Department of Defense, the Army, uh, has been able to adapt to the the new technologies that were out there. And now with this Futures Command, Army Futures, I think we're going to see a a lot more innovative work and mm-hmm. and more quickly integrated into the basic structure of, of the military. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the next 20 years. Mm. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, the, just the uniforms yeah. are so mm. much better. Yeah. Yes. And when yes. I first joined, the little black pumps were just, you know, the <laughs> stupid black beret and that lime green summer <laughs> uniform for women. It was just horrendous. I remember my um, dad was in the Army Reserves, had this very Kermit the Frog looking uniform yeah. that he wore. They were just, mm. they were just bad. It, it wasn't The pretty. new, I think the new, oh. you know, that kind of World War II looking. It's so nice. I, I, yeah. yeah, I really like, it I really like nice. it. Keep those for Ever. Yeah, and then Those the hair standards for women, I mean, just completely different. Um, just, you know, the idea that I could have done one French braid and have it instead of mashing it up and yeah. <laughs> trying to get it all tucked up under and with berets and everything. And then just the inclusion of, you yes. know, LGBTQ people now and just the the possibility of women serving in combat roles yeah. and... Mm. I mean, there's just so many things that are different from when I first joined, and um, you know, I can only only hope that it will get even better. Right. Yeah, my 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 dad used to say, you know, Larry, you, you know, you got to be efficient. So you always have to ask yourself, what's the best use of your time right now? Mm. What's the best use of your resources right now? And I think the military is getting getting to the point. What's the best use of the resources mm-hmm. that the American people are providing us? Yeah. And uh, 
if we can be efficient with that, we'll be all right. Democracy will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, who's ready for the lightning round? I love the lightning round. Okay, so Mary's. <laughs> but I've Mary, been cheating because I've been making notes. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Well, I haven't made any notes, but I'll. Give TA first. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Shoot from the hip. <laughs> Larry hasn't written a single note on his paper. I know. He's just... Joe hasn't written a single no. note. But to be fair, he's kind of running the, the buttons and everything, so we all sound good. <laughs> Mary and I have notes on our paper. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know what that means for us, but... All right. So lightning round. Um, Mary, you'll answer first, and then Larry. So okay. Larry can cheat a little bit and maybe <laughs> get some help from that. All right. What is your favorite place for recreation in Maryland? Hanging out in downtown Annapolis. Yes. Mm, That's a good one. Good choice. Ocean City. Ocean City. Okay. good one. Nice. Yes. What's the first trip you will take after retiring? Going to Minneapolis. I'm moving back to Minneapolis, but the first big trip is Belize. We're going to Belize. Very nice. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, I'm going to South Bend, Indiana. Because that's my, not Belize. <laughs> that's my that's my, my my youngest grandson was born there two months ago. Oh, oh congratulations. So, so that's fantastic. Atlas, so Atlas Grandpa is coming to see you, boy. <laughs> His name is Atlas? Yes. Oh that's my fantastic. god, that's yes. a cool name. Yeah, that is a great. very cool Holding name. Holding up the world. That's right. <laughs> He's gonna do cool things with that name. Right. No kidding. Favorite Fort Meade event that you've covered? That opening night party that that we went to for the when the hundredth anniversary, yes, the, the gala, the gala. That was just amazing. That was really fun. Hundred hundredth anniversary gala. Yes. Yeah, that was that was that was a fun event for me too. That was that was about the best one that I've I've had. And of course, I've only been here five years, but yeah, I, yeah. I was here during a critical time. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, you were. So yes, that's good. we got to wear gowns and. <laughs> I did not wear a gown. <laughs> Why did it mean you? Oh, okay. Mary and I okay. got to wear gowns. Okay. Okay. Men in their suits and everybody yeah. in their uniforms. Cool. It was everybody very snazzy. cool. Yeah. It was yeah. super snazzy. Yeah, I had yeah. nice super snazzy. Snazzy. Yeah. So where's your favorite place to eat? To be honest, I like to cook. Mm. And my favorite place to eat is on my deck. <laughs> That's a good choice. That's a good way to answer yeah. that question. Oh, very good. All right. Well, and I, I agree. I, you know, eating at home is probably the best thing for me. But more than that, eating at home with with my with my family. Yeah. And we have we have lots of family in the area, and we have a big house, so they all just come in and. And everybody, everybody <laughs> finds a spot. Oh, that's fantastic! And Shout it's, out! Yeah, we just have a great time. That's the way it should be. Well, you got to stop stealing Mary's answers. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any pets, and what are their names? And are they excited to have you home full time? I used to have a pet though. His name was Noriega. <laughs> oh wow! Noriega was a golden retriever, just the just the smartest person I've ever met. And, uh, he passed away after about 12 years, but, oh, wow. but I wish, wish Noriega, Noriega. Would, had been around and, to hang out with us here for me. Yeah. Yeah. He would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have two cats. How cliche is that? 
Soju and Sophia, and yes, Soju. I adopted so Soju cute. in Korea. So yeah, so his name is Soju, and um, they have been lap sitting every t- ever since I started <laughs> teleworking. So oh, yeah, they really they they like the whole teleworking thing. Yes. They participate <laughs> in some of our meetings as well too. Yes, oh they yeah, do. <laughs> I think it's Soju that's yeah. always very vocal, in the background, <laughs> making yeah. an appearance. So uh, what will you miss most about Fort Meade? Oh, the people, of course. Yeah. You know, it's it's not just Fort Meade, it's work. You know, I'm not going to be working in this office anymore, and I will miss I will miss you folks. Get on my nerves sometimes, but... <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. Mary's about to air all of her preferences. But, yeah, I love you guys. Yeah, it is. It is the people. It's always, it's always about the people, and I will miss the people. I'll, I'll miss... The work, because I think, I just happen to believe that the work that we do is critical to moving this installation to the next level. Mm-hmm. And for me, I, you know, it, it gets lost on a lot of people how important for me it is to the national mm-hmm. defense. But people who work here know. We know better. We know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, we... So we need to take care of one mm-hmm. another. Yeah. yeah, It's about the people. What else are you doing in retirement? Writing books. Yes. Hopefully I'll awesome. be writing more books. I'm working on the next mystery in my mystery series, so probably in a year or two it'll be done. All right. <laughs> I think I'm going to write a book, too. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but that'll be after I after I figure out what my what, what my nap schedule. That's so what your retirement <laughs> schedule is. <laughs> you already got that one worked out. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's, you know, and, and do, you know, I'm going to do some travel because I got grandchildren all over the place. So that's I'm awesome. looking forward to spending some time with them so they get to know me and I get to know them. Yes. Cool. It's very important. Yeah. Very important. I was, I was blessed to know my great, great grandparents. For many years, some of them lived until I was 13. One lived until my daughter was like eight. So it's a rarity. So definitely enjoy it while you can. I will say, Mary and Larry, thank you. You guys have been inspirations in my, I'm not, I haven't even been here five years yet. And I've learned so much from both of you. And I hope you enjoy your retirement. Mm. And I can't wait to read your books, both of you. Larry, we'll see. Yes. We'll see if you actually if your oh, nap schedule allows it. Oh yeah, it, it, it will. But, but, but the, the great great thing about communicators is we can stay in touch. Yeah. And so yep. don't worry, I'll still bug you once in a while. I'm mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I will. I will be in the area. I'm not like Mary. Mary's leaving us. Oh, yeah. so but, Mary's the one leaving. Yeah. You'll well, still be floating around. How about that. Yeah. Well, I, I just have to say that I feel like I we are leaving the public affairs office in good hands. Yes, indeed. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as iTunes. We're also on divotshub.net. If you search Fort Meade Declassified, 